Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese. And I'm Lucy Neville. I'm back. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm filling in for Laura Brodnick today while she takes a very well-deserved long weekend. And you might have heard me on The Undone. If you haven't, what are you doing? It's a podcast for Mamma Mia. It's all about life in your 20s. This week we talk about the awkward stage. If you know, you know. If you don't, you better come and listen. Yes. Uh, I cannot relive my awkward phase. It was too traumatic. Well, it's Friday, so you know what that means. We can watch time. We have a new thriller series and a blockbuster movie now available to stream. Before we give you the 411, we're going to have to give you the headlines, the entertainment headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gosh? I want more headlines. Well, exciting news today. The US version of Dancing with the Stars is set to kick off its 30th season next month. And today the show confirmed the first two celebs that are set to compete for the Mirrorball Trophy. The first is 18-year-old reality TV star turned pop star and YouTube personality Jojo Siwa. Jojo, who came out as LGBTQ in January and identifies as pansexual, will make history as the first ever female celebrity to dance with a female pro. Here is what Jojo had to say about the announcement. I am so excited to be a part of this year's Dancing with the Stars season 30 and to be dancing with a girl. I think it's so cool. My puppy buddy, are you so excited, boy? Yes, he is. He's so pumped up. It's going to be the best ever. I can't wait to just dance every single week. I can't wait to meet my partner. Oh my gosh, there's so many things I'm so excited for. Joining her, excitingly, is 18-year-old Tokyo Olympic gold medalist for all-round gymnastics, Suni Lee. Here's what she had to say. Hi guys, I'm Suni Lee and I'm Olympic gold medalist. I'm so excited to be joining season 30 of Dancing with the Stars. See you on the dance floor. It was also confirmed that longtime judges, ballroom experts Len Goodman, Karen Aniba, Bruno Tonioli and Derek Hoff will return, as well as host Tyra Banks. The rest of the celebrity cast will be revealed on September 8th and the series will premiere on September 20. I cannot wait. Obviously, last year I'm still a little bit scarred because they cast Tiger King star Carol Baskin, but I feel like Jojo Siwa, Suni Lee, these are very great celebs to get us started so hopefully that trend continues i just love that it's like jojo will be with the first female pro let's not forget jojo is literally a pro like she was on dance moms for years and years and years like how is anyone going to beat that team well there used to be a rule that you couldn't have had any professional dancing but i think that when you choose celebrities like a lot of them are triple threats you know or a lot of them start dancing then move into acting so i feel like they ran out of celebrities so now they just like let anyone come on who has any kind of dancing credentials because otherwise their cast would suck but yeah She's 
going to be great and she'll definitely win. Like her and Suni, I think, are honestly front runners. So Lizzo, my lord and saviour, her new song, Rumours, is currently number four on Billboard's Hot 100 charts. And in a recent interview on Jimmy Kimmel Live, it came out that Drake has in fact reached out to her over the lyric in which she says, no, I ain't effed Drake yet. Niall Horan, who was, of course, a member of One Direction, was hosting, and in a live cross to Lizzo, he asked her about the lyric, and this is what she had to say. There is one thing, Lizzo, while we're here, that I wanted to talk about. There's a lyric in the song. No, I ain't Drake yet. (laughs) Do explain. Okay. So the original line was, no, I ain't Niall yet. provocative so we you know i changed it to drake a, a safer bet yeah <laughs> job done take it off move on <laughs> have you uh, have you heard from drake has he heard about this i think he's heard the number four song in the country <laughs> oh! <laughs> i think he's heard it Actually, I have heard from Drake, but that's all I'm going to say on that. I would bloody love to read the DMs between Lizzo and Drake. I'm just going to say that right now. Oh, my God. That is my dream scenario. So juicy. So, of course, the song is all about rumours. And in an interview with Apple Music, Zane Lowe, she said that name-dropping Drake was all part of a greater manifestation plan, like in a jokey way. She's like, you know what I haven't manifested yet? Effing Drake. And I was like, I mean, yeah. I would love to see it. She also said, I just thought it would be so funny to say, I have a small relationship with him. He's very cool, you know, and I feel like women, there's so many times where girls' names get dropped in songs because they're fine. And I was like, true. So true. Like, I've never thought about it before, but she's absolutely right. On another occasion too, she said she was drunk and slid into his DMs and then unsent it and then he followed her. And I love that because it's so messy and relatable. Like, I just think when I think Lizzo, I'm like powerhouse, icon, so confident, whatever. I have done this so many times when I was single and dating where I'm like, oh my God, I'm drunk and confident and just throwing caution to the wind. I'm going to slip a DM and in the morning you're like, unsend that right now. I love that she does that too. She honestly has a pretty good strike rate because she also slid into Chris Evans' DMs. Like they've had like a DM exchange as well. So like she's kind of like two for O right now. Yeah, she's doing well. It did make me think though because, I mean, I kind of assumed that name drops of like really famous people from really famous people would have to be like approved. Like you would run it by them and be like, hey, I'm going to put your name in this song. Is that okay? Because famously there's a Kanye West, Taylor Swift situation, Snake Gate. And he had this lyric in his song, Famous. I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. Goddamn. I made that bitch famous. And so no doubt that turned into like a big situation. And I'm sure you guys have definitely discussed it on the spill before. So... Is it a case of, like, if we're cool, it's cool, but if there's pre-existing beef, like getting on stage during someone's VMA speech and declaring that they don't deserve to win it, not so cool? I think so. And it's also a little bit of, like, T-Swift was a little bit shady in that whole thing because, like, they had had that beef, you know, he had apologised, he had called her to ask her if he could feature her in the song. The lyric originally said chick instead of bitch and she had some, like, very, like, visceral reaction to the change last minute and was like, I didn't approve. And I was kind of like apples, oranges. Like, 
chick, mm. bitch, kind of the same thing, I think, anyway. There was so much history there and back and forth and and it got exposed because Kim released that tape. Don't forget that. Like she released an illegal recording of Taylor, which made it added yeah. even another layer of confusion over whose side we should really be on and all of this. But I do think there is something in female artists name dropping other male artists because they do it all the time to women. And I think we need more of this. Like we need to objectify men more so that we can have this equality among the objectification of hot people, don't you reckon? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and if it works out for Lizzo and she has manifested something excellent for herself, this is a win-win. I finished my work week on my couch, ordered some food, it's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. All right, it is Weekend Watch time and I have a brand new thrilling series, darling, that just came out on Netflix. It's called Clickbait. It has eight episodes and it centres around the story of Nick Brewer, who's played by the very dreamy Adrian Grenier from Entourage. And he lives in Oakland, California with his wife and his two kids and his nice house. He works as a physical therapist at his local university, like very much just like your normal 40-something guy. But here comes the thrill. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for the thrill. Perfect. So the morning after a very tense family gathering, Nick is abducted on his way to work and this video of him appears on the internet and he's like been beat up, like he's got like blood lip and like some, you know, just blood. He's been beaten up, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in the video he holds up two signs and one says, I abuse women, and then the next sign says, at five million views, I die. And, like, from there, this intense race is on to basically uncover who's behind it and why and save him from being murdered. And you can imagine, like, thinking about the logistics of this. Like, this video is going viral. Everyone's watching it. His family are watching it to show each other. So every time they watch it, it's going up and up and up. So there's this massive time crunch on. So basically his sister, Pia, who's played by Zoe Kazan, who was the lead in The Big Sick. I don't know if you ever saw that movie on Netflix. Very great movie. Together with his wife, Sophie, who's played by Betty Gabriel, fight to defend his reputation because a lot of people are saying like, oh, he deserves it. Like he's obviously a predator. So it becomes like a he said she said kind of situation with obviously a very disastrous ending if he isn't found and more details kind of start to emerge that pushes the audience increasingly to question Nick and who he says he is so each episode which I always love in series the perspective changes from main character so we start off with PR the second episode is one of the detectives that's in it we see his wife so it keeps popping around so you can kind of understand the story from different angles which makes it I think way more interesting as well and it really does become a question of in the age of technology do you really know the people that are closest to you and with society's intrigue around just everything is entertainment it kind of touches on the dark side of the internet like for instance an app launches where Basically, it's like this manhunt is on to find him, but then there's like a bounty on his foot. Like, I'll pay you $100 for a picture of a foot, which sounds like a fetish thing, but it's not meant to be like that. And I just want to note, like, it's not groundbreaking. Like, it's not going to get nominated for, you know, an Emmy or anything like that. But it is really entertaining and it's thrilling and every single episode leaves you on a cliffhanger. So it's very kind of bingeable in that respect. So it's called Clickbait. It's on Netflix, eight episodes, 
Watch it. Let me know what you think. That is right up my alley. I cannot wait to watch that. Yeah, girl. Oh, it's your turn. What have you got? Well, well, well. I am talking today about Cruella. Now, Cruella is arriving on Disney Plus today. And while it's not a new movie, of course, this is like its introduction to the streaming services. So... Key and I were actually very lucky and got to see it at a premiere back in May. Is that correct, Key? May? I did forget about this this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Key, we could talk about Cruella, you know, how we went to that together. And she was like, did you go? And I was like, I literally sat next to you. So <laughs> It was so long ago, so much has happened since then. It has. Time flies when locked inside. But it was epic. Like, I remember watching it. And being like, okay, this is a fantastic film. So essentially, it's the origin story of iconic Disney villain Cruella Deville from 101 Dalmatians. Because, of course, that movie features Cruella heavily, but we don't really know who she is and why she is the way she is, mm. if that makes sense, in Dalmatians. So in the Cruella movie, the new one, it stars Emma Stone, who is just one of those talents who, whenever I see that she is in something, I'm immediately going to watch it. So Emma Stone plays the protagonist. Her name is Estella, later turns to Cruella, but I'm not going to ruin that part. And Emma Thompson plays Baroness, a very famous designer in the 1970s London scene who starts out as Estella's fashion inspiration and Estella gets a job working for her before their relationship turns and she sets out to avenge her mother's death. So the styling of it is so cool. Cruella is quite punk rock. The costuming is stunning. The visuals are stunning and it just... There were so many different scenes. I was thinking back to it and I was like, gosh, it felt like a long movie, but I just feel like they packed so many different things into that film. No cutting corners. Like it was just a really amazing piece of cinema. And also the soundtrack. The soundtrack is so freaking good. So Florence and the Machine has the title track and then there's like One Way or Another by Blondie. Mm. Like it's just really good vibe. There are also so many themes throughout it. So like heartbreak, you see, you know, Estella's origin story where she loses her mother at such a young age. And then there's friendship and grief and then revenge, of course. So it's also a good reminder, I thought, of everyone having a story. There are often so many reasons for villains being villains. And that's why I love prequels. So I love that you get to see what came before that iconic Dalmatian coat. Love it. Do you know what? I'm actually going to rewatch it because it was so good. It's so good. It was it's so, so good. good. And I love a long movie. Like I do love a long movie when it's good and yeah. this did not falter ever. Like it was so entertaining all the way through. It didn't feel like it dragged and I also like wouldn't cut anything out of it. That's how I know it's a good long movie. It's like there's no part of that that I would be like, oh, we could have skipped that bit. No. All of it. Great recommendation, girlfriend. Thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Thank you, Luce, for coming back on doing your damn thing, honey. It's always gorgeous looking at you in a tiny little square on my computer <laughs> screen. Twice in one week. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you very much for having me. As I said before, I'm one of the co-hosts of the Undone, a Mamma Mia podcast about adulthood and not really knowing what you're doing but figuring it out. So you can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts. And in our show notes, we'll pop it in there too. Thank you now, so much. I would also like to direct you to the old follow us and leave a review. Yeah. So in your podcast app that you're currently in at the moment, follow us, leave us a review, five stars we love, four stars we'll take. Those are the only options. Actually, it's just how it is. There's actually no options for less than, I would say less than five even. Keith. Yeah, you're right. Less than five. I don't know where that four number came from. There's somewhere. no room for improvement. No, no, no. <laughs> This episode of The Spill was produced by Maddie Joanno with audio production by Leah Porges. Have a wonderful weekend. We will see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. See ya.
Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. 